Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Strength and Speed owner and Conquer the Gauntlet Pro, Evan Preparis. I've got two guests on the line. Before we get to them, though, a quick word from our episode sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Juice Performer. Juice Performer we've had at every Conquer the Gauntlet for the past, I don't know, two or three years, I believe it's been. And they now have cherry juice, beet juice, beet juice with passion fruit, and beet juice with pineapple. The pineapple one's their newest one from last year. But if anyone wants to try some, definitely stop by the CTG Protein booth at the next Conquer the Gauntlet, which should be resuming on August 1st in Iowa. And we also have a coupon code for anyone that wants to actually buy it ahead of time or buy it after you taste it at our booth. And it's a CTG Pro JP. Gets you 15% off Juice Performer from Amazon.com. So when you go to Amazon.com, you have to make sure you order from like the Juice Performer company, not a, not a third-party seller. And that's, uh, again, CTG Pro JP saves you 15% off. And if you want more information about them, you can head over to www.ctgproteam.com and you can see in the recovery section, there's some information about them. All right, let's bring on our guests. So I got two guests, like I said, joining me. The first one, many people know him as Blind Pete, but I like to think of him as Endurance Pete because he's done some pretty impressive endurance things both in the OCR world and then in just the regular running community. So, Pete, welcome to the show. Hey, Evan. Thank you. And then I also want to tell you a little bit more about him, if you're not familiar with who Blind Pete is. Um, one, he's blind, so you can't see, obviously. That's why he has that nickname. And then he's done a lot of impressive stuff, like I said. So 150-plus OCR finishes. Uh, he's done World's Toughest Mudder a couple times with a personal best of 45 official miles which is one lap short of the uh, brown bib. And that was in 2018, uh, which was the f- year it was freezing over in, um, whatchamacallit, Atlanta, Georgia. So I remember seeing him out on the course at night, just, just shivering with everyone else and being impressed that he was still, still powering through it. He's also done some really impressive stuff on treadmills. So a 100-miler on a treadmill. He's done a 24-hour run on a treadmill. So yeah, any uh, any other highlights I missed, Pete? You want to throw out there? Uh, well, tons of highlights, but um, you know, only I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fact that you know I'm able to get through uh, just certain areas in my apartment without running into too many walls, <laughs> I find that impressive. That is impressive. Um, and then the our other guest we have on is Christ, Christy Chapman. So she's a Spartan SGX certified coach owns a fitness studio and has been helping guide, uh, helping Pete with some of these racing stuff and some of his business plans that we have coming up that we're going to talk about later in the show. So Christy, welcome. Thank you. Let's, I guess, jump into it, right? Uh, I mean, most people know you as Blind Pete. So I think the most common question, right, would be like, are you blind from birth or did it, did you go blind or, you know, like, I'm just going to straight up ask it. Not sure if that's socially appropriate right off the bat, but I'll just do it. 
No, it's better to just ask the question. Uh, it doesn't bother me, and I always appreciate when people ask. Uh, born visually impaired, so uh, when being registered for kindergarten, that's when I was diagnosed uh, to uh, degenerative conditions, and it just, you know, kind of went slowly and gradually from there. Uh, there was always the chance that I could go totally blind, but, you know, there was no guarantee. Uh, 2005, I lost the use of my right eye. Uh, all the capillaries decided to just rupture. Not very comfortable. Uh, and then 10 years later, the left eye just decided uh, it was done. Uh, the funny thing about that was the day I finally realized that I can see even variations of light. I told my friend who I was uh, rooming with, and you know, the next day we were heading out to South Carolina to uh, volunteer and then run an OCR. Hmm. So, uh, but you know, ever since then, uh, I've actually done more being totally blind, you know, not even with light perception than I did when I was able to see. So what, when you did your first OCR, had you ever physically seen a course before? No. Um, no. Uh, even going through video, um, you know, I, I still had no idea what to anticipate. And what's even funnier is I showed up and I started solo at that first one. What? Yeah. That's wild. As an athlete who's done a bunch of them, you know, I, I think of, all right, if I put on a blindfold and try to mimic some of this, I've already, I, in my, my mind, I already have that mental picture of how far apart the holds are, what they look like, what the superstructure looks like, maybe what the course looks like if it's on the same venue. But that's not, that's not at all what you're facing. So um, yeah. I, I actually got to run with you in Conquer the Gauntlet 2018 in Little Rock. Yes. And I, I went back out and did the second half of your lap with you. And I was just, I was blown away by how proficient you were at some of the stuff, right? Like we went, there's an A-frame cargo net and you got to the top and did the flip. And I mean, there are people who can see climbing up next to you and they're like slowly making their way up and Pete like beelines it to the top, does the flip and comes down like, like it was no big deal. And I was like, that was just amazing. Like if I was videotaping it, you would have, it would have been like, well, the guy on the edge is blind who's uh, moving slowly. Like you. You wouldn't be able to pick you out, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, that's one of the things. I, I'm a little bit more high-functioning than most uh, in my situation, but that's taken time. Uh, you know, climbing, when I remember uh, the one part where we were at the five eight-foot walls, mm -hmm. and, you know, I, you know, it took me a while just to get over an eight-foot wall on my own, and then doing five back-to-back. -back. Uh, you know, at that point, 2018, uh, you know, it was it was challenging, but you know, not something that was going to you know slow me down too much. But that took a lot of time. It took practice, and that's why I'm able to do what I'm do. It's or I'm able to do what I do. Uh, it's because of the practice. You know, 150 OCRs. Um, you know, that's everything. Everything from a warrior dash up to world's toughest mother. Yeah, I mean, there's not many people who've probably done more than you as far as number of races, period, right? I mean, there was... It keeps me out of trouble. Yeah. Well, it's, it's impressive. So, I guess just take us through the whole experience. Like, what's the experience like? And maybe some things that uh, someone who can see wouldn't prob would, probably wouldn't consider. 
uh, challenges that you have to face. Um, I'm Pete, one of Pete's guides, and I kicked him in the head on the slip wall, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. At Asheville uh, last year, you know, not something anticipated. Um, extremely competitive. She's even willing to take out a blind person, uh, you know. But I challenge her to the race, so you know that's what I get. But um, you know, one of the surprises, well, it, it was something I didn't anticipate. That was actually my fault because I've done a slip wall so many times and I've even challenged people, but at the same time, what I should have, you know, safety is important to me. So what I try to anticipate is, you know, what's going to be safe for me, what's going to be safe for all the other people around me. So, you know, I didn't think at the time because the slip wall was at, pretty much at the very, very end of the race. Um, the fire jump was just after. And I should have thought, let's put a rope in between us so, you know, we don't have accidents. But, you know, when you're, and I'm sure people can understand this, you know, when you're in a race, you're, you know, you've got that challenge. You're not really thinking about those little things. You just want to get up, go, you know, beat the person, you know, uh, beat your competition. And I'm no different. And obviously, Christy isn't. Mm -hmm. It didn't so. slow me down. I, I wanted to win. Yeah. Nice. You know, just going through the course, like I said, practice, you know, doing all those OCRs, you know, a lot of things, I just need to know the name of the obstacle. And I'm not really surprised by much, even the obstacles that seem different. You know, there's a base, um, you know, there's something familiar about it. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, in one of my books, I write that all the obstacles we encounter are just variations off of previous obstacles. So once you have like a certain base of knowledge on certain types, you just kind of encounter them again and again. And a lot of times they're mixed matched and they're pieces of one with a piece of another. So or, yeah. you know, general design. Uh, another thing that happened at Asheville, I'm now very proud of uh, Bender. Bender, you know, hopefully people are familiar with this obstacle. It's very similar to the uh, inverted wall but you have to reach up higher and, you know, it's constructed of um, pipes rather than just wood. So it's almost like a ladder, but it's leaning towards you. And you do what you do with the inverted walls, get up to the top, pull yourself over, go down the other side. I was trying to be showy. So this is the second time I did this. And did not warn his guy that it was coming. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, yeah, this is why I need supervision constantly. Um, what happened was, is I tried to, or what I did was the flip that I normally do for the A-frame cargo over the top of Bender and got my head caught in between the pipes. Wait. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> so that's rough. Yeah, that is. Um, I was showing off the first time, which I have, I have the video I just haven't had. <sighs> I need to get it up on uh, social media. I actually completed it my very first time, you know, no hitches. It went perfect. And I actually have video that was the Ohio Ultra in 2019. Um, my 50th Spartan race, actually. Nice. So with the, with the quarantine been going on, there's been a lot of virtual races. Now, I know you've been working on something pretty awesome. So... Christy or Pete, why don't you uh, go ahead and share that news with us? Go ahead, Pete. Okay. Um, well, I had the idea back in early March, 
you know, trying to come up with an idea. I was looking at some ideas of creating uh, fundraising events. And then I decided right around the end of March, beginning of April, maybe I can come up with uh, an idea for virtual events that you complete while blindfolded, you know, add a new perspective, you know, offer a new challenge, you know, things that are simple and yet at the same time, you know, are completely unique or let's say most people don't take the opportunity, you know, to try things from this particular uh, perspective, you know, trying a one mile or a 5k run, whether you want to do it on a treadmill or what I find even, uh, I find it's better when you're out running with somebody else because, you know, two people are learning. One's learning how to guide, the other one's mm -hmm. having the experience of, you know, running without being able to see, using, you know, their other senses. And, you know, I just want to point out that, you know, losing one sense does not automatically enhance any of the others. It's just like working out. You have to develop the skill. So, but, you know, this is one way of doing that and, it, you know, keeping it safe, keeping it at a you know, short distance. Uh, you know, you're under the blindfold for too long, then, you know, things take a while to readjust. Uh, a friend of mine did the uh, West Virginia trifecta weekend, the whole weekend, in fact, with a blindfold on, either goggles or an actual blindfold. And after, a, after about a week, he said that's when his sight started returning to normal. So, you know, any type of sensory depri deprivation, you know, that's a very serious thing. So I want to keep it, you know, keep it simple and, you know, not expose, you know, not cause any complications. But aside from, aside from runs, there are also challenges, you know, workouts and other, you know, fun things, but you're doing these with a blindfold on. And, you know, it definitely adds a completely new element to, you know, a workout and, you know, adding new or, you know, adding more challenges to just a regular workout. Um, now, the one thing I'd like to ask you, Evan, is um, I spoke with you about this and you put a small team together of people you thought would be, uh, you know, great to test this out. And I'd like, you know, I'd like your impression of, you know, what you experienced. Yeah, so we grabbed uh, Doug Snyder and Lisa Nandor from the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team and Brenna Calvert from Strength and Speed. And we ran through a couple of the workouts. I think um, Brenna did the treadmill uh, run and then also the workout, I believe. And then Doug and Lisa kind of took turns guiding each other for the run and then also did the workout. And I just did the workout. And it was – I'm not a huge fan of virtual events like – I think it's good we have them to help keep the businesses that are afloat afloat during this time. But this was really cool. I mean, it, it really gave you a whole new appreciation for trying to do things sensory deprived. I feel like I put a lot of thought into it ahead of time. You know, I put out a bunch of markers so I could like, I could touch stuff and be like, all right, this is spatially where I am. Cause Pete, one of the things um, we'll take it into it later, but you had missed do is basically you take a cup of water and you have to move it after each set keeps you spatially aware and uh, gives you like another task to do. And on my first set of push-ups, I hit my face on the cup. So that was pretty good. <laughs> and, and then I made it through most of the workout without knocking it over. I finally, uh, I finally knocked it over towards the end. 
Um, I think probably because I was getting either cocky or uh, trying to power through it faster. But it was, it was really interesting and it was challenging. And it was, I couldn't believe how quickly I lost sense of where I was in relation to the like exercise equipment I was doing. Like I was doing push-ups, pull-ups, and uh, this balance thing. And uh, one, the balance thing was so hard with no, with no vision. Um, but I still, even with like going back down to do push-ups, I thought I'd be in one place. And then I could hear my five-year-old daughter laughing at me. And I realized like, I was like, all right, I'm like four feet from where I thought I was. So it was myself. And it is hilarious to see how quick you lose your orientation. Yeah. So I'm really excited when this opens up uh, for everyone and their signups and stuff, because I think the videos we're going to get out of this are going to be hysterical from people, you know, especially if people uh, cut out some of their, some of their highlight reels or low light, whatever you want to call them and start (laughs) posting them online. I think it's going to be a riot. And it does give you something new to challenge versus like, Hey, I'm going to run around my block, which is where I normally run anyway. So it's um, not a big deal, but I know when Doug and Lisa talked when we talked to them, you know, they'd be like, all right, well now we're going up a little hill, you know, as they're running. And Lisa's like, well, well, how long's the hill? Is it, am I at 2% grade? Am I at 15% grade? Is it, is it a mile long? Is it a quarter? you like, you suddenly realize how very specific you have to be when giving each other directions and, um, you know, guiding each other. So I've given up on asking how far it is, you know, compared to races. Is it South Carolina or is it Killington? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, if I have that much information, um, and one thing that I found fascinating was when I first told you about the, um, virtual challenge, I didn't give you, I really didn't give you any parameters and, you know, I was actually extremely impressed that, you know, you came up with ways of, you know, figuring out, setting up your workout area. You know, there's things work differently for different people. You know, I want it to be a challenge, but at the same time, it's going to be fair unless you actually have done this a hundred times the same way. And being that, you know, I'm the only one who, you know, does things like this on a regular basis, uh, you know, it's, there's no way to cheat. There's no way to, there's no wrong way of doing it. There's no right way of doing it. it. You know, whatever works and, you know, it's still going to be a challenge. And the other thing is, is for the challenges, not the runs. I don't want anyone trying to beat, you know, um, you know, uh, speed records trying to run. I mean, it's that, I think that's more dangerous than just having the experience, but with the um, virtual challenges, there is a competitive option. There are going to be prizes available. And, you know, that is, that's where I think um, a lot of the uh, the highlights for reels are going to come in. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So when does sign up open and where can we find that information? Well, at the moment, uh, we're still working on the actual dates and it should be up probably no later than... 19th of June, the very, very latest. Uh, it'll be through Racing Tree the registration site. Uh, you'll be able to also find it mostly on Facebook. Uh, the name of the event series is called Blind Man Running. Blind Man Running, you said? You broke up a little bit. Blind. 
uh, it, it's I wanted to come up with something that you know people would recognize. Yep. Good stuff. Well, this podcast should be coming out the 18th, so hopefully the link will be up and. As soon as it does go up, we'll share it on the Strength and Speed page, and I'll share it to my uh, personal Facebook page, and we'll we'll spread it around some of the OCR groups. So if you're listening to this, you should be able to find it pretty easily, and I'm sure, Pete, you'll have it on your Facebook page and stuff like that, too. So, And I just wanted to, you know, uh, say something. Christy, um, who's been absolutely wonderful. She's helped me in so many different ways. You know, a great friend. Um, she lets me wander on my own in her, you know, fitness studio. Um, you know, I've come in just to help even today. I just came in to, you know, help with sanitizing some of the equipment and, but, you know, just coming in and, you know, when I asked her about, would you, you know, want to be a part of this? And she said, yeah, absolutely. So she's, you know, almost as crazy as I <laughs> No, actually she's a little bit, I have to take her ladder away. <laughs> so since there's going to be some athletes doing some blind running and they're going to need guides as an experienced guide christy give us some tips and techniques that people can use or tell their you know loved ones to use or training partner to use to help them not trip over a curb or not get hit by a car etc the first thing they can do is watch pete's videos on how to be a guide because those are going to be part of this uh, presentation as well so i would do that first um and he'll give all the tips on which side you should stand on um how fast you should go you know all those the good stuff that he works on i would definitely um <laughs> just get used to uh craziness because running a blind guy around gets pretty crazy around here and entertaining so um, it's going to be a lot of fun, though. It's going to be a great event. Awesome. Now, I know, Pete, you shared some of the swag, I guess we call it, that's supposed to come with the event. Is that Has that been finalized? Can we talk about that? Or Yeah, actually, it's uh, you know, this I actually gave quite a bit of thought to. And first of all, you know, in order to, you know, participate in a, you know, blindfolded, event of any type you should really have a blindfold and you know that's like the most that that's the main component so it's you're going to get a custom uh blindfold uh the ones right now they are going to change over time because this is a series of events and they're all going to mm -hmm. be all kinds of different challenges and themes to them some of them based on you know basic techniques as far as you know being blind and just crazy things just to have fun and challenge yourself. But the blindfold, I uh, should say the first one for the first set is uh, blind man running. And on top of that, you have the bibs. Now for the challenges, you know, it's for the challenges and the runners for the uh, runs, it's going to be a unique bib. Uh, looking at just having something creative rather than just a number. But when with the runs, I thought, you know, the guides, a lot of them just don't get any recognition. So I want them to be recognized. They get their own bib when they sign up for the runs. And it's going to have something to signify what they're doing. I'll give one example. And that is the bib for one of the, or one of the guide bibs would be, I'm not the crazy one. I'm just guiding them. <laughs> nice. And then, you know, on top of that, uh, you know, finisher blame you know that's important you know uh, 
I enjoy it. You know, I like the finisher bling, even if it's just the participation medal or the finisher medal, you know, because it's a sense of accomplishment. You know, some people are just going out there for the experience and, you know, that means something. So, you know, right now I'm going with wooden tokens and, you know, and the guides once again uh, for the runs, you get an additional token for your guide. Nice. So I want to make sure everybody's included, and, you know, everybody gets something from this, you know, and, but the most important thing is the experience. Yeah. Like I said, I'm really excited for this. I think this is by far the most exciting virtual event I've heard of, you know, for this entire quarantine period. So I'm, I really want to see people's videos when they start, when they start posting them online, because it's just going to be amazing. So. Yeah, definitely. But the competitive challenges, um, that's what I'm looking forward to. I mean, there's not going to be any additional charge for that. You know, sometimes you have that, but you know, the only thing you'll have to do is submit your video. And, you know, there are going to be rules, there are going to be guidelines. You know, they have to be, you know, everything has to be set up, you know, so it's fair across the board. And Christy and I will be the judges. Uh, it's going to be mm-hmm. based on two factors. She will be covering performance. I'll be covering time. And, you know, there'll be instructions on how to, for me, to be able to determine whether or when you start and when you finish. Awesome. Now, Pete, I know you've done some very impressive physical stuff in the last couple of years. We covered some of them at the beginning when I introduced you. You know, let's assume 2020 goes back to normal. You know, what do you have planned for 2020 and maybe 2021? And then are there any kind of like long-term major uh, physical goals you have set out? Uh, For 2020, I'm thinking by October, hopefully things will be somewhat back to normal. Um, looking at the Texas Ultra, the next weekend, you know, a few of the Tough Mudder uh, Texas races, World's Toughest. Um, I might just go nuts with uh, Savage the weekend after and, you know, finish up with some half marathons and a few more Spartans. I also need to redeem myself from last year's uh, uh, North Carolina Ultra. That was a brutal course. That is my only official DNF. Oh wow! What what was the what was the issue? Uh, the issue was uh, basically the weather. The rain was just changing the terrain so much that it was. I was being guided with or by a great friend. Um, his name is Adam, and you know he had done. He's running ultra. He does a lot of rucking and you know endurance events. But this is his first time guiding. You know, guiding anybody, and you know with the rain, it wasn't just a drizzle or it wasn't downpour that turned into a drizzle no it was a drizzle that turned into just a soupy muddy mess and it was becoming unsafe and you know safety is the you know top priority you know for me it's paramount so i'm thinking you know we're either gonna you know get hurt or one of us is gonna die on this course and uh you know that just doesn't i don't consider that to be a reasonable um you know, outcome. So, yeah. I, you know, just before transition and Adam made it to the transition. So, and I wasn't going to hold Adam back, you know, uh, just because someone's guiding me doesn't mean if I can't make it, they shouldn't go on. Gotcha. All but right. Yeah, myself and then 2021, I'm, 
I'm working on another project. I was hoping to have, or hoping to do it in 2021, but I think it's going to be when it, sometime a little after my 50th birthday. Uh, I want to, I haven't said much about this, you know, publicly, but I want to run across the Great Lakes. <laughs> I know. I know people are scratching their head right now. So why don't you explain that a little bit better? Well, it's very simple. I mean, I, for years and years, I wanted to run across the English Channel. People swim across it. Why not run across it? It's very simple. I realized it'd be just as expensive or probably be more expensive to go over to the UK. And, you know, there are other bodies of water that I can jog across. And so I just decided. And plus, I'm getting like uh, almost four times the uh, distance for uh, 540 miles oh. generally. Now, you're probably wondering, oh, and I plan on completing this in under 10 days. How am I going to run across the lake? Well, um, I figured, you know, the best way is I'm still working on the design, but I thought a human sized hamster wheel <laughs> that, you know, that floats. Yeah. I'm curious to see what you ultimately come up with. Like, cause I know I've seen those like big inflatable ones that are just basically like an inflatable ball. But all I can think about is just sweating excessively inside this plastic ball. Not the ball. Um, I need something that's going to be open on both ends because, you know, a ball, I need something that has a little more control with the direction. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. And then like, I think there's all sorts of problems of current and, you know, I don't know. Obviously, the current in a lake is probably not super strong, but still. You're talking about uh, inland seas. So, yeah, I've, I've done a little bit of research. There are some books that I've read that are, um, you know, focused on those geographic areas. And they talk about, you know, the climate and everything in the books. So um, this is not a, you know, this is not a simple jog. Uh, you know, 540 miles under 10 days across, you know, large bodies of water in a giant or a human-sized hamster wheel, um, but this is, I mean, people swim across, you know, distances, they bike, they run, uh, you know, they climb mountains. I just, I'm not trying to be weird, I'm just trying to find new challenges. Now I hear you, there's, I mean, in the world of ultra running, you can go wherever, right? I mean, it's just... You know, you can do FKTs of like long trails. You can run across the United States. You can run across some other country. You can run across a state. Um, it's really up to your imagination. And I, similar to you, right? Like I like doing things that have not been done before, right? Like running across the United States is harder than any of the endurance challenges I've done. But uh, you know, it's been done by I don't know how many people. It's been done by a lot of people. It's you know, in the ultra running world, it's like a fairly I don't say common thing, but. It's, it's no longer like headline news anymore um, versus this. This is something very, very unique. And um, so I think, that's, I think that's cool. I think that's clever. And uh, I'm curious to see how it pans out in the future. So. If this goes well, then, um, you know, the next step or my next challenge, which may not happen for you know, a year or so, but there's the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, that's only 930 miles. Cool. That's going to take a little bit longer. And yes, I did look at the distances of the three oceans a little bit beyond <laughs> reasons. So. I'm, I'm pretty sure you'd die if you did that. So let's, why don't we start smaller and work our way bigger? 
we go from there. So. Seventy-one hundred miles. So, <laughs> so Christy, tell us a little bit about the fitness studio you own and where it is, and where oh, we can find out more information. We're just outside of Chattanooga, so about an hour and a half from Atlanta, um, just inside of Georgia, and it's amazing. I've got fourteen thousand square feet. We've got Spartan obstacles. We've got a full gym. Um, we've got monkey bars. We've got everything you can imagine in here, and an amazing team. I think I've got four trainers now that are Spartan obstacle specialists um, and about 20 people on staff. So nice. What's the name of the gym again? Our house studios. Okay. Got it. And where are you going to be coming at assuming races resume in a somewhat normal fashion at some point this summer? Uh, where are you going to be at? Well, I was, um, scheduled for which ultra was it? Yeah, Fatville. It's canceled. So I really don't know what the schedule's looking like. I'm going to be in um, Jacksonville next weekend. I'm hitting that one up. I'm just coming off of a really bad leg injury, though. So I don't know how that's going to go, but hopefully it'll go smooth. Well, best wishes on your recovery back to back to form and hopefully that goes all right. And that sounds like you got a good community and support system back at your gym. So I'm sure that's that's a nice thing to have. This is incredible, yeah, just an incredible place. I I haven't done it for a little while, but I love doing the rope climb. I just have to be careful because I do hit my head on the support beam that it's <laughs> attached to. Yeah, I can see that. Well, that makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> so many blind jokes, but you must have them, you must have like a stack of them that you're just crushing through. Falling around here all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, me and Pete were, we've talked on the phone a couple of times in the last month and yeah, he, he always gets me with a couple and I'm always like, ah, oh. you know, like, how did I not see that coming? Just like that, just like that statement, you know, so. so. Well, you know, most people, you know, say them, they, they feel embarrassed, not realizing that I appreciate it and you get bonus points. People who do know me, they know that I, you know, I don't, I'm not going to be bothered by the blind jokes. You know, it's not it, unless I know it's meant maliciously. Right. Yeah. The biggest thing is people have issues with. You know, people are afraid to offend. You know, somebody who's different. I'm trying to make people feel comfortable. I wear a blindfold with googly eyes attached to it. I'm wearing one. Right, yes, I'm wearing yes. that right now. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I did want to say. I was speaking with somebody who's affiliated with a social media group that works with or you know that works with uh those with disabilities and when i spoke with her last night my and this is something i've spoken with you about evan uh the name of the group is called be more adaptive and you know it's about getting more people with you know various different types of disabilities you know into sports into you know into something uh or athletic related and my goal was to not just make you know the blind men running virtual events accessible to you know the average person I wanted it to be accessible to everybody you know in making the accommodations and the adaptations to make you know you know so somebody in a wheelchair somebody who is an amputee somebody with various you know different types of mobility and you know whatever disability it is so um it's not going to happen. I'm working with her and people who, um, and resources that she's um, putting me in touch with 
to make that happen. So this is an all-inclusive, uh, you know, virtual event series. Gotcha. Nice. That's great. I, I know we've talked on the phone. I know you've been excluded from some things in the past. We don't need to go into that, but unfortunate for something, for something like a virtual event. But so let's say someone's listening to this and they're like, well, I want to help out, you know, people who may be, have some sort of disability that still want to do OCR. Like, can I be a guide for someone? Is there, is this a good group to go to that the one that you just mentioned uh, be more adaptive or is there other places that people can go to to like maybe volunteer their time or effort or energy? Do you know of any? Uh, I would say, you know, you can always contact, uh, get in touch with um, the admin. Her name's uh, Honor. And, you know, messenger. Uh, I know that she's extremely busy because she does this as part of um, what she does in her work. Uh, but there are other groups. There's More Heart Than Scars, which is a great group. Um, there's another group. Uh, they're located in, uh, near Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, there's another group in the Northeast called Team Belief 923. There's also another group, I think it's mainly for running, but uh, they may also, uh, I think they help with uh, events like triathlons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Foundation. What was that one again? Billy's Foundation. Okay. Cool, and we'll try to grab links from you of all those and we'll throw them up with the podcast link in the, on the Strength and Speed page so people can access those and hopefully help out in the future. Yeah, I mean, there, and there are other groups I probably am not even aware of uh, that, you know, you can, you know, get in touch with them, see, you know, find out what you can do. Uh, so I'm sorry, I forgot about Operation Enduring Warrior. And yeah, those are veteran ones. Yeah, I'm tracking those, yeah. yeah. There are a lot of groups, you know, there's always a need for you know, help to get you know an adaptive or disabled athlete uh, through a course, whether it be OCR or you know some other type of you know race or event. Um, I'd say for those who are interested who have disabilities, you know, try to get in touch with these organizations. But um, don't think that you will be able to do a Spartan Ultra or um, you know even a toughest mutter you know in the first year. I know athletes who have done that. Um, I highly I don't know how they did it because it was like four years before I did my first Spartan. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, like I said, it took me time, but, you know, when I realized that I could embrace the craziness, you know, fully, I, I just went head first. Nice. Nice. Now, one of the things we do, I did not prep you for this question, so it was going to blindside both of you. Um, but one of the things we do on the podcast is uh, we like to ask people – one thing that people would be surprised to know about you. So Christy or Pete, either one of you can go first, whoever's got a good one. And the less it has to do with fitness or OCR, the, typically the better. The less it has to do with it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, yeah, go. I'm a general contractor. Say, I'm sorry, say again, Mike. Mike most, yeah, most people can't believe that I'm a general contractor. Okay. Uh, we build houses and stuff like that on the side. That's my oh. real. This is my fun job. Oh, cool, nice. All right, Pete, what do you uh, what do you got? Uh, actually, two. One might not be too surprising for some people who know me. Um, 
I do collect uh, various types of blades and swords. Amazing. Why aren't we best friends already? <laughs> I'll, I'll send you some pictures. They're pretty cool. <laughs> the other is I do collect um, actual books. Oh, that's uh, interesting. I listen to a lot of audiobooks, but uh, you know, I do like the feel. You know, just the you know, just having a book. You know, there's more to it than just you know words on you know a piece of paper. Yeah. Several so, books for twenty years. So I mean, I know you consume a lot of audiobooks. So give us, I don't know, what are some of your favorite audiobooks to listen to? Um, just at, towards the end of the uh, Stephen King's uh, Dark Tower cycle for the three or four dozens. I've, I've read it three or four dozen times. Yep. Then there's the Jim Butcher Dresden Files. Um, I need to get back to Sun Tzu's Art of War as well as um, uh, The Prince by Machiavelli. Mm. Uh, I try to keep a broad you know, just try to keep things a broad range of uh, topics and genres. Okay. Uh, very, very heavily. Um, you know, one of my the, one of my favorites is the uh, fantasy genre. Okay. Uh, so, what space? Um, nice. Well, you mentioned the thing about the blades, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I I used to collect knives when I was a little kid, or a little. I guess not a little kid. I was in high school high school and early college. I collected knives and then I, I ended up giving away and uh, getting rid of a bunch of them. So I think I'm down to like, I don't know, 60 or probably or so now. Um, but I have them in a jewelry armoire in my house. So if you, if you try to break into my house and steal our arm, our jewelry armoire, you're just going to get knives. So it's going to be probably disappointing for you. And then you mentioned uh, buying books and reading and listening to audiobooks. For quarantine, I've spent most of my time uh, heavily reading two topics, two fairly opposing random topics. So one of them was early Christianity. So writers from between the first and basically the ninth century. So I was reading through books that were, you know, hundreds of years old, basically written by saints, which was pretty interesting. And then on the opposite side of the spectrum, I was reading basically the expanded universe for the Terminator franchise. So I read through like almost all the comic books that I could get my hands on digital or a uh, hard copy. And then I started, I'm still working my way through the actual novels that tells you some of like the backstories that you see in the movies. So when you, when you see something in a movie, sometimes that character has like a deeper backstory. So, so my, uh, those are the two topics I've been spending most of quarantine researching. So. I want to add one thing. Um, now I have a serious and acute or an acute fear of zombies mm -hmm. i make it a point to read uh max brooks's zombie survival guide once a month <laughs> nice that's a good book that's a good one it reads like stereo instructions but you know it it has what you need yeah and i know we talked about it on the phone but world war z the book not the movie the book is phenomenal like and i know the audiobook specifically is even better because they have famous actors come in and uh, read through the parts. So it's basically like a bunch of short stories uh, post-zombie apocalypse. Yeah, it's basically uh, an oral history. I actually took a class, an oral history class in college. So it, you know, it brought memories back of that. Um, but on the side of, uh, you know, the, let's say what's considered mainstream, 
I actually read a series, um, reread it recently. It's by an author named Gina Showalter, and she's more of a uh, she. Her her books are what she writes is more towards the uh, teenage um, crowd, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of, uh, although I've only heard about them like the Twilight movies, kind of you know right around that range. But this is the zombie series, four books. And it has a Alice in Wonderland uh, runs into Zombieland. Mm. Interesting. Called the White Rabbit Chronicles. It's actually really interesting. The audio is um, wouldn't know about the actual um, writing, but a very very interesting series. Huh. Cool. Well, if anyone needs good book recommendations, I feel like Pete's the man to go to because he, especially for fiction, I, I usually don't read a lot of fiction. Um, Minus very random topics, but all right, we're going to start wrapping things up. Pete, thanks again for coming on the virtual race. I'm like I said, completely looking forward to it. Can't wait to see it and seeing people's videos go up online. Uh, Before we go though, any final shout outs you want to give to family, friends, sponsors, et cetera. Uh, Christy, you can go first. Um, Well, I just want to thank Pete for uh, being here and, making us part of this. It's, it's fun. Um, but OCR Addicts is our race team. And I think uh, if you guys could check that out, that would be awesome. Awesome. We'll throw a link up for them too on the, when the podcast goes up and then Pete, any final shout outs, friends, family, sponsors, et cetera. Oh, well, um, our house studios is uh, the sponsor for uh, blind man running. So definitely, definite shout out for uh, Christy and her studio. Uh, and I have to thank you, Strength and Speed. And I've been thinking since you had um, mentioned that date for um, the Iowa CTG, mm-hmm. Conquer the Gauntlet, I think that is one that I'm going to try to get to. Awesome. So uh, I've never been to Iowa, and I want to. I'm one of those people who wants to race at least uh, one race in every state. I'm only at 18. Nice. I think I'm at 30. Or something. Like I have a, actually, I have a list on the Strength and Speed website of uh, people who are like checking off states. So okay. we'll have to get you added to that. Okay. Um, the Iowa course is pretty cool. I mean, you run through, as you'd expect, you kind of run through cornfields and it's kind of flat at the beginning. But then it kind of weaves into the, the back half of the course. You end up going through some streams and you go kind of like up and down this big ravine area. So uh, before you come back into an open field and back to the finish line to the festival area. So it's actually a really good course. Uh, it's the only one I've, I've won the, that's the only one I've won the elite wave at. So back in 2018, so special place, special place for me. Um, uh, allergy to elevation. No, the eleva- there's no elevation. It's, I mean, it's flat and then it's got like just that one ravine uh, part, which kind of the footing and handholds are there a little bit tricky, but um, it's not bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I'm getting I'm getting the hang of the the blind jokes now. I I got them. They're queued up now. So, well, hopefully, I I look forward to seeing you uh, later this year. And other than that, if anyone's looking for a good documentary, Helene Dumay, who we've had on the podcast two times before, her Facing Infinitus was just released earlier this month. It's about her attempting to become the first woman to finish the 888 kilometer 
Infinitus race in Vermont. It's a 10 day race. So she kind of covers a couple of years there uh, with majority of focused on one year. And it's not just about her, but it also covers a lot of the other athletes that are running kind of pretty cool getting into their mindset and stuff like that. And then other than that, I just opened up pre-order for another one of my, well, a book that I just finished up. It's a, it's digital only, and it's going to be, I'm going to keep it as digital only just because of the, the nature of the book. But I, if you head over to Amazon or the strength and speed website, you can find links to it there. So I'm going to kind of leave it at that. And then I will talk about that more later, maybe on the next episode. But if you want to get a sneak peek of what's going on, you can head over and check that out. I think that's about it. And yeah, hoping race season resumes soon and things get back to normal. No, we can't wait. Thanks for having us on. All right. Thanks. Good talking to both of you.